Devi ki jai to Sri Maharani ki jai Samaveta Bhaktarindaki to Lord Premanande All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to the assembled devotees All glories to Sri Guru and Goranga All glories to Srila Prabhupada Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shumati Bhakti Vinata Swami Niti Namani Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pacharna Nivasesa Sinivadi Paskatyade Satari Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yuta Padagamalam Shri Guru Vaishnavamsha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatam Bitam Sam Sajivam Sadvoitam Sadvadutam Parijana Sahita Krishna Chaitanya Deva Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakam Krishna Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya September 29th, 2019, in Hillsborough, North Carolina, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 11, Text 57. Aho Brahma Vidan Vacho, Nasatya Santikar Hichit, Gargoyad Aho. Bhagavan Anvaba Vita Taivatat Aho How wonderful it is Brahma Vidham A person to have full knowledge of Brahman transcendence Vachaha The words Na Never Asatyaha, untruth, santi, become, karhichit, at any time, gargaha, gargamuni, yat, whatever, aha, predicted, bhagavan, gargamuni the most powerful. Anvabhavi is exactly happening. Tata Eva as Tat that translation. The words of persons in full knowledge of Brahman never become untrue. It is very wonderful that whatever Gargamuni predicted, we are now actually experiencing in all detail. Purport. The purpose of human life is indicated in the Brahma Sutra, Atato Brahma Jignasa. To make one's life perfect in the past, present, and future, one must learn about Brahman. Because of intense affection, Nanda Maharaj could not understand Krishna as he is. Gargamuni was able to know everything, past, present, and future, by studying the Vedas. But Nanda Maharaj could not understand Krishna directly. Because of his intense love for Krishna, he forgot who Krishna was and could not understand Krishna's potency. Although Krishna is Narayan himself, Gargamuni did not disclose this. Thus, Nanda Maharaj appreciated the words of Gargamuni, but because of his deep affection, he could not understand who Krishna was, although Gargamuni had said 
that Krishna's qualities would be exactly like those of Narayana. Aho Brahma Vinan Vacho Nasatya Santi Karhi Chit Gargo Yad Aha Bhagavan Anvabhavi Tataivatat. The words of persons in full knowledge of Brahman never become untrue. It is very wonderful that whatever Gargamuni predicted, we are now actually experiencing in all detail. So who has a deeper, more elevated level of devotion? Nanda Maharaj or Gargamuni? Nanda Maharaj. So how is it that Gargamuni can understand Krishna in truth and Nanda can't? Yes, Argumuni is not covered by Yoga Maya. So this is very interesting because Krishna says, Janma Karma Chame Divyam Evam Yoveti Tatpakpate Hampunar Janma Naiti Mam Eti Sorjuna. If you know me in truth, you become liberated. Does this mean Nandamaraj is not liberated? So what's going on? So this is something very interesting. And I don't know if there's any other religions in the world that teach this concept of yoga maya in some form or another. Well, they, they might in some mystic traditions. I, don't, I haven't studied all the, everything in the world by a long shot. But I think this is a very rare understanding, isn't it? You know, I mean, in most spiritual and religious traditions, the concept of Brahman is, you know, the ultimate. And to have full knowledge, right? But we're saying that Nandamaraj is on a higher level. So it's fascinating. And what's really fascinating is how Garden Muni respects Nandamaraj's mood that Garden Muni didn't disclose. He didn't say, Krishna is Narayan. He said, Krishna's qualities will be exactly like Narayan. Isn't that interesting? He's speaking, and, and Nandamaraj is saying here, People who are in touch with Brahman, they can't speak untruth, asatya. They can only speak the truth. So did Gargamuni speak the truth? Yes. Well, sort of. Sort of. He spoke the sort of truth. He didn't speak a lie, but he didn't exactly speak the truth. Why didn't he speak the truth? He didn't want to disturb Maharaja's devotion. Yes. He didn't want to serve Nanda's devotion. I just repeated it. I, I know to do that. <laughs> so this is interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's actually quite fascinating. What we hear and what we should speak. You know, we tend to think in this world that if everybody were exactly on the same level, we would get along so nicely. And generally, I think if everybody agreed with me, we'd get along, you know, everyone should be on my level of understanding, and then we'd all get along. Right? I think there was a Beatles song like that. If you just see it my way, then we wouldn't fight anymore. Wasn't there a song like that? Right? As long as we see it your way, we're going to fight, and if we see it my way, everybody's going to be happy. And we, we tend to think like that. We tend to think that I see truth objectively. I don't know what's wrong with the rest of you, but I see truth objectively. And, you know, if I could convince you to see it my way, uh, we'd all be happy. 
And we get very frustrated in this world that we all have a different perception of the same thing. You know, if, if any of you have I've, I've, uh, had training in mediation, and if you do any mediation, it's fascinating that two or three or four people all experience exactly the same thing, but they interpret it wildly differently. I mean, just wildly. That they'll have two opposite and contradictory explanations about the same set of occurrences. Isn't that a fact? Yes? And it can be due, I was telling the story the other day about how this father thought I had insulted his wife. Now that was due to a language problem. But it can be due to all kinds of things. It can be due to how my daddy treated me when I was seven. You know, it, it, it can be due to something like that. Different cultural backgrounds. I, I find it so difficult. As I travel the world, I come in touch with so many different cultures. And I find it so difficult for people to understand that different cultures view things differently and it doesn't make one right and one wrong. You know, we're, we're so seeped in the bias of our own culture because we learned it before we were two or three years old. And so it's just the way things are. It's, it's the way things are supposed to be. And it, it's almost impossible to understand anyone else's culture. Just like in Germany, they say people talk more about punctuality than about the weather. And if the trains are one minute late, people will talk about it for a week. You know, whereas in India or in Spain, Spain is pretty close to Germany, and in Spain, you know, 8 o'clock means sometime tonight. Sometime. Tonight. You know, we'll, we'll have our class at 8 o'clock. So, sometime. Tonight. I was just in the Canary Islands, which is not only part of Spain, but they're tropical islands, and especially in the tropics. People are really, you know, you're, you're in the tropics by the ocean. You're going to have this culture of, yeah, you know, sure. Sometime. When we get around to it, people who live in tropical ocean climates tend to have this very casual culture about life. It, it's, it's quite interesting. Some cultural differences can be related to latitude. Did you know that? There are certain cultural differences, like whether it's a very hierarchical culture or a very egalitarian culture, is directly related to latitude. Some cultural differences are related to language. So... We, we are seeped in our own culture and we think this is the right way to do things. And these other people are doing it wrong. You know, one time when I was punctual in a culture where people are very relaxed about time, everybody criticized me and they said, don't ever be early again. <laughs> I'm really serious. I, I was early to teach a class. And everybody felt that I had caused them to be offenders. <laughs> I had made them offend me because I was there as the teacher before they were there. They said, no, we have to wait for you. You can't wait for us. The students have to wait for the teacher. I said, in America, the teacher waits for the students. The teacher gets to the classroom early and sets up and so forth. And they said, no, you must come late. They said, if the class is scheduled for 8, you better not be there before 8.30. So, actually, this is it's true. 
That was in Bahrain. So we, we see things differently, is my point. We see things differently according to the culture we're brought up in, what we think is polite, what we think is rude, what we think is good character, what we think is bad character. We see things differently according to our personal histories, how our mother and father treated us, how much money we grew up with, you know, what our school experiences were, causes. And then we have our, our individual personality, our individual likes and dislikes. And, you know, one person thinks that bitter melon is the best thing in the world and another person wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. You know, like, I hate whole buckwheat. I mean, I can't even stand the smell of it. But in Russia, people eat it every day, like Indians eat rice. And, you know, that, but that's my personal taste. I heard Shiva Ramaswamy hates lentils like that. That he's told his disciples, you know, I have to be starving for three weeks before I'll eat lentils. I'll eat lentils every day. So, you know, we see things very differently and we think if everybody just saw things the same, if everybody liked lentils, if everybody liked buckwheat, you know, if everybody was on time, then the world would be a beautiful place. And therefore we have this concept that Brahman realization is the highest. Because in Brahman realization, there is just objective truth. I'm pretty sure that's the case also with Paramatma. I was once at a meeting where uh, Braj Bihari, who's one of the top mediators in ISKCON, who works as a mediator for the government, he was talking about what's, what's called naive realism, where everybody has their own view of objective truth. And he was asked, is there anyone who sees truth objectively? And he said, maybe the super soul. The super soul. So Brahman realization is objective truth. There's no personal bias. There's no cultural bias. There's no you know, family history bias. Everybody sees everything exactly the same way because everybody is everybody. Everyone has exactly the same view because there's no difference between me and you at all. So we all agree about everything all the time. And that could be the case with Paramatma realization as well. I wouldn't be surprised. That everybody has exactly the same interpretation of the same thing all the time. But when you go to Bhagavan realization, all of a sudden, there you are with differences again. And therefore, the impersonalists, they look at these stories of Krishna's devotees and they think they're material and they think that they're also going to be uncomfortable. Because in this world, we do suffer tremendously because of our different points of view. Even with our intimate family and friends. Isn't it? Don't we? Isn't this a big suffering in this world? Even with our intimate family and friends. You know, if I say, well, I like Uncle Bob, I want him at my wedding, and my other, you know, my cousin Sally said, if Uncle Bob comes to your wedding, I'm not coming. Yeah? And nowadays with divorce and remarriage, it's gotten really, really severe. Because, like, you have ex stepchildren. You know? Or an ex stepbrother. Like, you grew up with your stepbrother for 10 years, and then the family's divorced again, 
And so now you have an ex-stepbrother. And your mother says, don't you dare talk to your ex-stepbrother. And you say, but we lived in the same room for 10 years. He's my buddy. So even in the family, there's this conflict. And we think if we could all just agree on everything. And I'm going to be very honest here. And in our international society for Krishna consciousness, I hear this all the time. Everybody should just agree. Always it's with me, of course about whatever it is I think everybody should agree on. You know, I, I just went to a meeting with the BBT about editing Prabhupada's books. And very honestly, I went to that meeting with a very strong opinion about how the editing of Prabhupada's books should happen. And by the end of the meeting, I realized that my opinion wasn't better than anybody else's that my opinion was simply my opinion. And that the only person's opinion we should be concerned about as far as editing Srila Prabhupada's books is Srila Prabhupada's. Which if you had told me that before the meeting, I would have said, well, of course. But through the expertly facilitated two days of meeting, I came to understand that I was imposing my opinion on Srila Prabhupada. I was thinking, this is Prabhupada's opinion, but it wasn't. It was my opinion. I remember getting an email from one of my godbrothers years ago, you know, about something in the Shastra. And, you know, this is the truth, big capital letters, you know. And I thought, it isn't. It's your opinion, it's your interpretation. So we think that in the spiritual world, and when people have their own opinions and their own biases and their own tastes, that it's going to cause the same kind of distress we experience here because it's so distressful here because of this. I mean, it is just so much distress. But there is a transcendental kind of personality. There really is. I mean, I know we believe this as a theoretical construct we have a theology, we have a theory that we are all ultimately persons and that's nice. It's pleasurable, it's not suffering. Yes, do we believe that? Is that our theology? Is that our theological belief? That we are all eternal personalities with our own feelings, our own opinions, our own biases, our own way of seeing things and there's no disharmony and conflict is that our belief? Yes? Am I right? Did I get it right? But I wonder how much... I'm talking about myself too. I'm wondering how much do I believe this, really? How much do I really, really believe that the ultimate reality is like that? That Nanda Maharaj simply... He doesn't want to see that Krishna is God. He, he really doesn't want to. Just like, I don't want to eat whole buckwheat. He, that's, his, that's what he wants to enjoy. That's the rasa. Rasa means a taste, a flavor. The flavor Nandamarj wants to enjoy is I want to serve God without knowing he's God. And even when it's so obvious he's God, I still don't want to know he's God. Well, like, can't you see the facts, Nanda? He's God, he's God. I don't, I don't want to know that. And Gargamuni respects that and says he'll have qualities just like God. 
because he doesn't want to disturb that taste. Do all pure devotees have that taste? No. No. In fact, the residents of Vaikuntha, they want to see Vishnu as God. As we were saying from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita the other day, when Gopal Kumar came and started calling the Lord Gopal, they, they didn't like that at all. They said, you know, you're, they, basically they said indirectly, you're not respecting our mood here. And in fact, he kept running into that. That the residents of Vaikuntha said, hey, you should become like us. The residents of, of Dwarka said, you should become like us. Even on the material planets, when he was on the planets of the Prajapadis, they said, you should become a Brahmana like us. They, they felt uncomfortable. And he felt uncomfortable. But the residents of Vaikuntha said, we want to see the Lord as the Lord. Or the residents of Ayodhya, they want to see Ram as the perfect dharmic person. So dharmic that if an unqualified person is criticizing his wife unjustly, he doesn't want anyone to have the slightest doubt in the management, in the leadership. And so he banishes his pregnant wife. You know, we have laws against nepotism. Nepotism is where you give a post to a friend or family member, even though they're not qualified, just because they're your friend or family member. So what Ram did was exactly the opposite. He took a family member who was qualified and removed her from her post as queen just because someone unjustly criticized her. So he went all the way to the other extreme. Which, by the way, we should not imitate that. We shouldn't be banishing qualified people all the time just because somebody criticizes. I mean, in Kali Yuga, we would be, you know, having a turnover of our staff every five minutes. But the point is, there are people who like to see I don't like that. I mean, just very honestly, I, I, it bugs me. I'm like, Ron, you shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry, you know, am I going to get thrown out of this cunt now for saying this? But I, I, I just don't like it. It's not my, my flavor. But there are devotees who have that flavor. That, that's how they want to see God. And then there's Krishna. You know, I was just hearing Srila Prabhupada say in a lecture, he was comparing Ram and Krishna. He was making this point. So hopefully I can stay in this time for making this point. But Prabhupada was saying, Ram follows all the dharmic rules, but Krishna doesn't. He doesn't. You will not find Ram dancing with other men's wives in the middle of the night. <laughs> Ram doesn't even marry again after, after Sita leaves the planet. You know, people don't understand this ekpat nivrat. It doesn't mean one wife at a time like we do in 2019. It means one wife, lifetime. She dies, that's it. There's no other wife. I mean, even Chaitanya Mahaprabhu married again after his wife died. But not Ram. So there are people who like that. that that's, that's their flavor. And they, they're not so interested. Like Hanuman, he's not so interested in Krishna. When Krishna and Dwarka calls him, he's like, I'm busy. Can you imagine that? If Krishna and Dwarka called you, if you got an email, 
you know, from Krishna and Dwarka, I've paid your plane ticket, you're leaving in the next hour? Would you say, well, I'm not particularly interested? But Hanuman said, I'm not particularly interested, but if Ram calls me, immediately I'll come. So there are these different flavors. There's different flavors. And there's different ways. And even, you know, it's explained when Krishna married the 16,100 princesses. Each form of Krishna at the wedding, he married them all on the same day, in different weddings. Therefore, please don't imitate this, unless you can do that. If you, if you can expand yourself into 16,100 forms, then you're welcome. But it's explained by our acharyas that each of those princesses saw Krishna a little differently. And Sanatana Goswami explains this in a commentary in Bhagavatam 10, 13, or 14, how that Krishna has unlimited qualities, there's unlimited jivas, and each jiva is attracted to a particular quality. So as we advance in Krishna consciousness, our particular mood and taste with Krishna starts to develop more and more and more, our real personality. And we come to see that even though our real personality is going to have our own opinion and our own taste that is uniquely ours, still there's not this conflict and difficulty like we find in this world. Now there is an apparent conflict, like the residents of Vaikuntha. We're, we're having a, a debate as to what to call the Lord. And the residents of Vrindavan, they don't all agree about how to serve Krishna. You know, and I was talking with a devotee the other day and saying, well, you know, such and such devotee, such a sincere person, but so grumpy. Such a grumpy person, we'd say in, y- in Yiddish, they're always fetching. And I'm like this, and I'm like this, and why is this happening? And I said, you know, there's such a sincere, sincere devotee, but always complaining. And the friend I was talking to said, there are devotees like that in the spiritual world. There's Jatila, there's Mukara in Dwarka, there's uh, Padmavati. There are devotees, I mean, I played Jatila in a drama at Govardhan. There are these devotees who are always criticizing and complaining. I did, what is Radharani doing today? And what's that Krishna doing? And he's not any good. Get that Krishna out of here. We better... I mean, that's what they're doing. And guess what? Krishna loves them. Krishna's taking so much pleasure in their particular taste. In, in Mahabhava's Lila, there was Damodar Pandit like that. You know, that he's going, I don't know, Mahaprabhu, you're seeing this son whose father has died, this young boy whose father's died, and his mother is still young and beautiful, and people will say that, you know, oh, he's being nice to the boy because he wants a relationship with the mother. And Lord Chaitanya said, why don't you go to Bengal and keep all the devotees in line there? And that's what he did. He went to Bengal and then everybody was afraid to move one hair off of the regulated principles because Damodar Pandi was around. But Mahaprabhu appreciated that his motive was devotion. So there's, there's not malice and there's not envy. Even if there appears to be, you know, grumpiness. Isn't that funny? It's not that everyone in Goloka is all just like, 
Hi. Hello, Krishna. Hello, Radharani. Hello, Mother Yasoda. We all agree all the time about everything. That's not what's going on at all. And in fact, Krishna foments the disagreements. He does. You know, you read Vidagda Madhava, and you, you kind of want to take Krishna and shake him and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, you're going to Radharani and, and calling her Chandravali, and then she walks off in a huff, and then you do all these things to win her back, and then as soon as you win her back, you do it again. And so Krishna actually foments this drama. When I was in college, I, I wrote a story in my freshman year, and my literature teacher said, this is rubbish. There's no conflict. So that's not a story. I woke up, I brushed my teeth, I brushed my hair, I put on my clothes, I went to work, I ate lunch, I went to bed. So nobody wants, I know Andy Warhol I think made a movie for two hours of somebody sleeping, but I don't think it collected much at the box office. It's not interesting. You know, what are the stories we tell about our own life to other people? It's all the stories about conflict. Correct? Right? Or danger, or mystery, or something like that. Wonder. There's some rasa. So this is our personal philosophy, which is, frankly, very difficult for most people to understand. And frankly, it seems to be difficult for most of us in the Hare Krishna movement to understand. We seem to really struggle with this. You know, on, on a real level, we can talk about it theoretically, but when it comes to how we deal with each other, therefore Prabhupada said that the GBC every year should talk about... Really? Unity and diversity. So that every year at the GBC, when they meet, have to talk about unity and diversity. And I'd say one of the biggest challenges we have in our Krishna consciousness movement especially where it's very international. You know, people talk about how the Amish get along. They're all from the same families. Literally, genetically, which is why they have a lot of diseases from inbreeding. There's only a few last names among the Amish. They're all ethnically the same. They're really all from the same families. I mean, just like, you know, if my family's in trouble, I'll travel across the world to help them. So why should we be so surprised, you know, if someone's husband dies, that the whole community goes and helps them? I mean, why can't we be like that, we say? But we're not like that. We're not all the same ethnic blood family. And plus we have different cultures, different ethnicities, different upbringings. You know, it's, it's really, it's really a challenge. But we do have this philosophy. And here we see Gargamuni is respected. He's not trying to push Nanda to be something that he's not. He's not trying to push Nanda to be like him. He doesn't think, my brand of Krishna consciousness is better than yours. And so I'm going to try to force you to see that Krishna is God. Now, sometimes, like Uddhava, when Uddhava visits Vrindavan, he pushes a little with Nanda and Yasoda, and they, they don't like it. They really, they just don't like it. 
Krishna doesn't have any mother or father, that they're actually insulted by this. Who is insulted? They they don't like the way Uddhava's talking when when he's speaking philosophy to them. We also feel that way, right? When we're suffering and somebody comes and speaks philosophy to us, we're like, get out of here. Just sit and cry with me. You know, what are you doing preaching Bhagavad Gita to me? So it was the same with Nanda and Yasoda when Uddhava came and starts preaching philosophy. They were like, and, and the gopis felt that way too when Uddhava was preaching philosophy to them. They're like, this, this, that isn't where we want to go. You know, that isn't the mood that we want. Or when uh, Ramachandra Puri was preaching, right, to Madhavindra Puri. And he's crying, you know, I haven't attained much, I haven't attained much. He's like, Get it together and get into Brahman, will you? What's your problem? You're about to die. So it's also a matter of respect. Even with our material differences, which are all illusion, we still need to have respect for people's differences. We need to respect that not everybody's going to see things my way, and that my way on the material level, guess what, is not any more truth than your way on the material level. If I'm going to admit that I'm a conditioned soul, which we all do because we all play our humble game in this country, so we all play our game of I'm so fallen, I'm a conditioned soul, I'm not a pure devotee, and then we want to think that my way of seeing things is the only right way, which is a very strange contradiction, yeah? You know, if oh, you know, I'm so fallen, I don't know anything, I'm just a dog, I know, I just have so many material desires, I'm not Krishna conscious. But my way of understanding Krishna consciousness is the absolute truth. Is what? The absolute truth. And I can tell you what flowers to use, and I can tell you exactly how to say the mantras, and I can tell you everything in detail because I'm absolutely right. But I'm a fallen, conditioned soul full of material desires. It's like, huh? I'm guilty of this too. It's not like I'm not, I'm not harassing anybody other than myself. So this is... If we really believe in personalism, if we really believe in personalism, not impersonalism, to be a fact, then we're aiming for a reality where people have differences and respect the differences of others. And we can start with doing that here, where we're in training, even though here the differences we're respecting aren't transcendent. Because otherwise, we can't function as a society. It's impossible. And we, we spend so much of our energy trying to make everybody the same. Whereas using here, we could have talked about austerities of speech with Gargamuni also. You know, you, speaking in a way that's actually going to be beneficial and digestible for the other person. So, thank you very much. I would have preferred to have been in the audience listening to Chintamani. But as she insisted, I, I was stuck. So, I'm sure she would have given a much, 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 much better understanding of this verse. And I apologize for sitting here. Yes, Prabhu. Yeah. yeah. I know it's um, you know, you know what you said, you were mentioning about um, yeah, we all be the same, we're all the same, you know. But I realized when our 
That's right. You know all the same species on the same planet. That's right. Because Krishna likes us to be unique is the ultimate answer. Well, the other day, um, I, had, we had, I had a conversation with somebody and I was explaining um, that, that um, oh, it'll come back. Oh, it'll come back. Anyway, made enough is what you were saying. It's only like it's the way I was Okay, maybe Prover can say something now. Thank you for thank you for that contribution. Thank you very much. I wanted to introduce everyone to my dear friend Dr. Benjamin, and uh, he's one of those independently thoughtful, very. Um, I I wanted to invite him because he's not being fully expressed somehow or other in this environment. But if you have a question, would you like to share? Hi, Krishna Benjamin. Nice to meet you. Is there something you'd like to add or ask? Thank you, Portman. I was wondering if you could expand upon what the Prabhupada had suggested in Unity and Diversity, and did he give any suggestions on how we can see that fulfilled on a larger scale? I like that you're asking that. I doubt that I can answer it in the time remaining. But there might be something, I'm, I'm going to throw this back at you a little bit, that it might be something that, that you could take on yourself to really look into and find, I mean, it would, be, it would take you a few months, I would think, because a lot of times Prabhupada's going to talk about it indirectly. But to, to really comb through how is it that Shiva Prabhupada and Aracharyas and the Shastra itself presents a culture and a way of being that has unity and diversity. I mean, the essence of how Prabhupada explained it is that we all have the same interest. And he gave the example of a country. You know, like right now in America particularly, we have a lot of difficulty between our Democratic and Republican Party. You know, sometimes they get along better than others. Right now it's a particularly bad time. But still, let's say at least in theory, in theory, I don't think it's actually true in fact, but let's say in theory that everyone working for the government cares about the country. At least that's the concept. And I'm sure for many of the people in the legislature and so forth, that's actually a fact. I'm sure it's not true for all of them. I'm sure some of them are there for other reasons. But I would also, I feel very certain that many of them are really, they're there for the country. And they're trying to do the best for the country. And they're, they're not there for money or status or perks or something like that. But yet they have very different views. And so we find that this concept that the different political parties should cooperate for the good of the country. While at the same time, part of the way they cooperate for the good of the country is they do debate and discuss things from their different viewpoints. And we see that having a one-party system doesn't lead to a healthy government. You know, we would, we would probably prefer having like a six-party system rather than a two-party system and to have different viewpoints. So that was something that Shiva Prabhupada compared it to. Or he talked about in a family where the family has one interest, but yet there are different opinions and different points of view. Yes? Did you have something you want to say? No, but I was just thinking that. Um, Did you get the mic? This 
talking about your uh, analogy that everyone in the spiritual world, or, you know, they have a similar disposition as those in the material world, but I was just thinking that the big difference is, is you have people in the spiritual world, like Jatila, you were saying, who um, has that rasa with Krishna that he enjoys, um, that they're, the reason that they're uh, expressing that rasa or displaying that uh, propensity is because they're actually um, thinking about Krishna. They're yes. actually always trying to you know, please Krishna. So even though it kind of looks like they're doing kind of the same things that we are, they're actually just, you know, they're focusing on Krishna. Correct. Whereas here, you know, everybody's just focusing on themselves. Exactly, actually. yes, and yes. Their ego. Being, you know, yes, I'm them. so glad you said that. Because what you're saying there is the problem here is not the differences. The problem is that everyone has themselves at the center. That's the problem. The problem is that everyone has themselves as the center. The problem isn't that we have different viewpoints, different opinions, and different ways of, of wanting to do things. The problem is our false ego. And therefore, what you would be trying to do is not giving up our differences, but giving up our false ego and putting Krishna at the center. And when Krishna is at the center, even with differences and different opinions, everything is blissful. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And I thank you yesterday for your hospitality, but now I'm thanking you again today. Hare Krishna.